people might look at the message this, mor um, this morning and wonder, well, um, isn't it Christmas? Yes, we've done the Christmas thing last week. <laughs> We're going to do one Thursday in, the, in and about the Lord Jesus Christ, for sure, for certain. But there was one thing, as we look back over these turbulent days and year, year that we've had, we didn't know was coming, although it started with the fires the year before. One commentator said with the floods that are happening up in Queensland, oh, it's going to be worse than last year. I don't know if he's a prophet. I hope he's not. <laughs> for our sakes or for Australian, for Australia's sake. But we have had turbulent days <clears throat> over the past year. Many things have changed. And uh, I think Albury's been less affected than a lot of places. Nobody's stopped working but a couple of people in the church and able to go back and praise the Lord for that. And uh, <clears throat> there are things that are in the wind to change a lot in the near future. They're planning it. But we have the Lord, don't we? <laughs> uh, we can thank God that we know him. He is our anchor that keeps us steadfast in difficult times. And this evening's message will be finishing the series we've been doing there on the sixth part, if you care to listen to that. But <clears throat> Paul himself, through life, had difficult times. We've got it easy, folks. <laughs> we've got it easy in our country. I was just reading a whole series of articles on slavery unbelievable when you put them all together well not just some of them together about slavery in the history of this world it's terrible when you look at what's happened in the past and we have it wonderful here in our country turn to Acts chapter 27 <clears throat> we have a story here about Paul and I think this is a picture of his life he's on a ship as a prisoner going to Rome Mariners have looked at this portion of scripture to know how they used to do it in, in those old times, 2,000 years ago. And they learn a lot of what they did from this chapter here. <clears throat> in chapter 27, the story is given, looking down at verse 14. Not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurycliden, a southeast wind. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up in the wind, we let her drive. That sounds like a young person, doesn't it? <laughs> Pea plater. Red peas. <laughs> Those are the guys that are sitting right, on your, right behind you all the time. <laughs> Want to go a bit faster, old man? That's me <laughs> in front of him. And, when the sh and, <clears throat> and running under a certain island, which is called Cordia, we had much work to come by the boat, to which when they had taken up, taken up it, they used helps undergirding the ship, fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, struck sail and so were driven. And you, re you read the whole story, we haven't time to read that this morning. But this is a picture of Paul, well we could say is a picture of Paul's life. <clears throat> it's a picture of something that's out of control. Paul had warned them not to set sail wrong time of the year because these winds would have come. They regularly came. A terrible storm 
arose, <clears throat> fearing lest they should be dashed upon the rocks. In verse 29, if you go down there, because they had sounded, they didn't have depth sounders or anything like that, nothing electronic, but they sounded, they let the ropes down and measured it so 20 fathoms, 15 fathoms, and they could hear somehow and sense they were drawing near to land in the dark. And verse 29 says, Then fearing lest we should fall upon rocks, they cast out four anchors out of the stern and wished for day. <laughs> you can, no lights, no electric things to shine out, where are we? But they let out these four anchors to the stern, the back of the boat. Have you learnt this year to cast out your anchor <laughs> upon only one, the Lord Jesus Christ? There's been some tough times. Some have weathered it well. Some haven't weathered it so well. But we need to cast out our anchor on the Lord Jesus Christ. As Psalm 40 verse 1 tells us, he is our rock. He is the one upon whom our feet have been made steady. Has your hope in the Lord grown? Has this past year caused you to rethink your priorities as Colossians tells us to set your affections on things above? Set them on the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nobody else. There is no politician on earth. There is nobody that can give us the assurity, the assurance that we have life after death only the Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> trying times will come into our lives in the book of Romans chapter 5 the other choice of reading for today in the first five verses we read this verse 1 Romans 5 therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Even, it doesn't say this, but even in the storms of life, <clears throat> even when the winds grow, grow contrary to the direction we want to sail. <clears throat> and not only so, but we glory in <clears throat> tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, Patience, experience, and experience, hope. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given unto us. Tribulations are for a purpose. Tribulations are there to help us grow. Troublesome times draw us closer to the Lord and build our hope. And when we have that hope, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. We can share that with other people. We can share that with unsaved people. We can share that with family who, who might be unsaved. But we have the, the hope in the Lord that grows from the troubles we face. <clears throat> and just trying to stay up in touch with what's going on in the world in Christian circles, sometimes you think, maybe I shouldn't be reading this. It's very negative. When you see what's happening around the world, in and through churches that were once good and are slowly slipping and sliding away. It is sad for a pastor to read that. <clears throat> um, it's, it's not unique to our age. It's happened in all ages. But particularly in our age, as even the Lord said, in last days, terrible times will come, perilous times will come. 
But <clears throat> Romans 5 tells us tribulation works patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. Is your hope more in the Lord now than it was this time last year? <laughs> With all the circumstances the world's been through. We could think of the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. We won't turn there, but Hebrews 11, particularly the last group of people where it doesn't name individuals and all that, that happened, but just names them one after the other. <laughs> and how their hope was in God and they never lost sight of the Lord. <clears throat> you may recall the words of encouragement we tried to put in the bulletin until we started meeting again on the 9th of August. That's almost... Six months soon, well, four or five months, that we started meeting again. But before that, we put the, the, those words in, and I've decided today to put a sermon around those. Not that I planned when we were thinking of them. And I'm glad we got back to meeting and I didn't have to find more T's that went with thoughts for the Christian. But we'll go through those today and look at the scriptures that relate to them. Let's pray before we do. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us the opportunity to live on your earth. And even before the foundation of the world, you knew we'd be here. Lord, we have complete confidence, absolute assurance in you. Times that are difficult cause truly dedicated Christians to grow. We become stronger from being buffeted by the winds of trouble and trials. Thank you for that, Lord, and thank you you've given us the opportunity to live again. Lord, I pray that we would anchor fast in your word. And as we look at these truths from your word that are scattered throughout it, particularly in First John, may we be encouraged to do what is right until you come. And may we be found faithful, Lord, serving you. Not turning back, not turning away, but turning to the Lord Jesus, who has the answers to all our life's trials. Lord, thank you that we, this time of the year, can celebrate your birth, though we know not that it was at this time. But we do have a day set aside that we can, Lord Remember the incarnation, the birth of the Lord Jesus to the Virgin Mary, prophesied and come to pass, born that he might die for our sins. Thank you. May we ever be grateful, and may we do as the beast, the angels, and the 24 elders do in Revelation, fall before you and say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive praise and honour and glory for you have done all these things for us. Bless the word as it's shared today in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Remain in tune. First John. And as I said, keep, keep your hand in First John. Maybe not turn to all the others we'll be turning to or just reading from. In First John verses 3 and 4 of chapter 1. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, 
Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Remain in tune. When God hits one of our keys or notes, through trials and tribulations, do we sound right? Now, those that play the piano, when it's going out of tune, tell me it's out of tune, Pastor. It's out of tune. Then we call Mr. Turner from Wangaratta, and he comes up and he tunes it. And for years he's been asking us, do you want it to concert pitch? Which means he stretches the strings tighter than usual. (laughs) And I should have said, no, we just wanted to sing too. But anyway, he's been stretching it so much it's almost unstretchable anymore, he said a few times ago. But he keeps stretching the strings. When God stretches our strings to tune us through tribulations and trials, how do we react? (laughs) Do we remain in fellowship with the Father and the Son? Remain in tune. A Christian that is out of tune gives a bad noise (laughs) to those around. In chapter 1, verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him, as verse 3 and 4 declared, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. We're lying. We're lying to ourselves. (laughs) We're lying to God. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we need to remain in tune with the Lord. And if we don't, what happens to us is what is talked about in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews, we won't turn there, but in chapter 12, verse 5, if we faint when we are rebuked of him, that happens if we are out of tune with the Lord and he strikes a note and... We're not as we should be. We faint when we are rebuked of him. <laughs> Remember when you were a child and, and um, you know you'd done wrong and uh, dad or mum were after you. You might have been hiding. I've heard of different people and where they hide. You see, on a farm you've got a lot of places to hide. <laughs> but you can't always, you can't hide from God. <laughs> when he rebukes us we need to listen to what he's saying and take the rebuke so that we remain in tune with him the worst person to be out of tune with is out of tune with God you know you you don't want to read your bible you don't want to pray you don't want to come to church you don't want to fellowship you're like Adam and Eve hiding in the garden God wants us to be in tune with him that when he comes knocking and rebuking us We don't faint. In chapter 12 and verse 7 of Hebrews, if we endure chastening, God deals with us as sons. So if, if we're in tune when he chastens us, we're dealt with as sons, and a son responds to the chastening correctly and quickly, unless you want more of it. Chapter 12, verse 15, if we fail of the grace of God, It tells us there, if we fail. So there's all these things that as we read through that portion where the father disciplines his children to keep us in tune, we can do the right thing or we can go the wrong way. If you endure chastening, if you fail of the grace of God, if we, and it concludes with this in verse 15 in that section, if we allow the root of bitterness to spring up and it troubles us and it troubles and affects a lot of people around us because we're out of tune with the Lord. 
<clears throat> so the Lord will stretch your strings as with the piano and the tuner there to keep you in tune. Maybe to stretch our faith. <laughs> to help us to rely more and more on him. Remain in tune with the Lord. Remain in the truth. This is another thing that John emphasizes. Remaining in the truth. In fact, in 1st, 2nd and 3rd John, you'll find 22 times the word truth is used. John, if you look at, if your Bible has it there, when it was written, John is approaching the end of his life. And you'll find when you read through the epistles and other writers of the New Testament, as they grew older, one thing they were very concerned about for their adherents or for those that were, the, the letter was written to is that they remain in the truth. These elderly men knew that trouble was on the horizon. They knew that truth was being set aside. And we're talking early, early church. <laughs> and as I've said before, how, how much more concerned they would have been if they'd known the church was going to go for at least 2,000 years as we have. But the, they emphasize truth. And this is significant, I believe. In John 8.32, John said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Liberated by truth. John 8.36, If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You shall be free indeed. How much error does it take to cause death? I think I've got it here. <coughs> This is not error. Oh yeah, I have two. If anyone takes these things, they'll know what I'm talking about. They'll see, they'll see the container and they'll know it. Does anyone take these? Does anyone take these? <laughs> no? Okay, I know one person does. But <laughs> that's me. <laughs> what is it? It's for heart. Well, sort, sort of, yeah. Blood. Blood. Uh, yeah, you're getting closer. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. If you're a nurse, you'll, you'll never recognize the bottles. Warfarin. If I said to you, now this is the high dose, the green one. This is a, that's five, this is two, and there's a one. And out of those, you can make a combination of whatever. If I said, who would like to come up and take one of these? Would you? No. It could it won't mean the death of you. You might be a bit lightheaded for a while. <laughs> but I pray that Brother Dunn doesn't go on these things <laughs> when the operation happens. But if you have a, a hard operation, you can go on aspirin or you can go on other ones or you can go on this one. And this one, you've just got to get measured and jabbed and suck blood and nurses know all about it and what they do to keep you. <clears throat> Listen, how much error does it have? How much would it take to kill a cat? <laughs> Mix one of these in meat, grind it up, and that'll be the end of the cat. You do it to your, your nice little mice and rats that come around your house, you give them rats egg. It looks the same, tastes the same. <laughs> Listen, why do we... We're well, so careful not to. When the poisons are in your house, where do you put the poisons? On the lower shelf? Right up high. And sometimes, <clears throat> you should, we don't, we should lock the cupboard so the little ones don't get an, oh, look at that nice lolly. 
But in the spiritual realm, we don't take the same heed. We don't lock the cupboard. We don't stop the children getting to the error that's all around us today. And John emphasizes truth. Look at John, first John, this time, chapter 1 and verse 8. <clears throat> if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If I asked this morning, is there someone here that's sinlessly perfect, they've reached a higher plane, and, uh, you know, they've arrived and they're okay, would you stand up? If you did, there might be someone next to you, like a husband or wife. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> yeah, you're a sinner like me. We have sin, and we do sin, and we need to confess our sin. The truth is not in us if we say we have not sinned. Pastor included. Priest included. You know, how can a priest stand there taking everybody's, you know, confession upon him when he is just a sinner like any of us the truth is not in them chapter 2 and verse 4 <clears throat> remain in the truth as we go through life verse 4 he that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him as I said, 24 times this word truth is used in these three epistles. Chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. And my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. By this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Walk in the truth, brethren. You wouldn't take poison. Although a lot of the tablets that the doctor gives us are poisonous in large doses <laughs> and they can affect you. And you, you buy tablets, you buy different things for different ailments you might have. And do you ever care to t pull a little bit of paper out with all the details of how it could you affect you? And you say, why am I taking this? That's going to kill me, not the disease this thing's supposed to cure. <laughs> a little poison is killing the bug. But don't take it in large doses. But don't take it as a Christian error at all. Don't take it. Chapter 4 and verse 5 and 6. For they that are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. <clears throat> we are of God, and hath known God, and knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, by reception and rejection of the truth that is given. That's how you know the spirit of error. And <clears throat> look at what he said in Second John. Now let's go to Third B. You can read Second John, but Third John verses one to four. There, the elder unto the well beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. He loved Gaius, who loved the truth, and therefore there was fellowship between them. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So. You see, this fellow had it in tune. He had it right, didn't he? He was walking in the truth and his soul prospered. And John is saying, I, I pray that you are as healthy physically as you are spiritually. That's a good recommendation, isn't it? 
of an apostle to a, a man, a servant of the Lord. For I rejoiced greatly when I, the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And if you have children, that's true. <laughs> that you love to hear that they're walking in the truth. <laughs> and you remember just over in the book of Jude there, Jude was so excited about writing about salvation then he saw what was happening around him and how people were walking away from the truth and he said well I had to warn and cause you to consider the truth of the Lord and he challenged them right through that chapter I mean one chapter of Jude um, <clears throat> Paul said also very early in the church's life in chapter 20 while he was still alive to some of the elders there at Ephesus there's going to be trouble in the camp Remain in the truth, remain in tune, remain on the trail. <clears throat> in the book of Matthew, book of Matthew chapter 7 and verses, and you know them well, verse 13, enter in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be that go in that way. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. You know, you've been told you're too narrow minded. You stick too much to Bible. Well, good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> stay in the truth. Stay, stay on the narrow way which leadeth to life. And few there be that find it. Few there be that find it. <clears throat> you hear of people that go bushwalking and they get lost. They're often on the news, you know, bushwalker lost. What have they done? Yeah, gone off the trail. Gone on to a detour. Just, well, I'll just go down into that gully and have a look at those ferns. I'll just discover a Willamai pine down there or something, you know. And then can't find their way back to the trail. And then they're lost. And if someone doesn't find them or they don't find somewhere to get, some way to get out themselves, they're doomed. And so it is with people that don't remain on the trail. How, it's, a, it's a marvel that the people like Jonah and those guys that lived six to nine hundred years remained on the trail. It's hard enough for 70 years to stick to the truth and say, oh, well, I'll just compromise. I'll go off the trail. I'll do, I'll do what I feel like doing. But those guys had to do it for hundreds and hundreds of years to remain faithful, to remain true, to build an ark that took 120 years to do. To do a Methuselah, 969 years to live as long. And that shows the grace of God because when he died, it did happen. The flood came and God put it off, put it off, put it off. And I feel that's what God is doing today. God is putting judgment off and off and off until we see the governments even of the world becoming corrupt in the way they administer things. Not just one, but total, all over the place. Remain on the trail. And it says in the book of Psalms to do exactly that. Psalm <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He remained on the trail, didn't he? <laughs> And in his law he does meditate day and night. Believer, are we remaining on the trail? Remaining on the pathway of life, as Proverbs puts it. 
Proverbs chapter, well, we can start <coughs> early in the book, chapter 4, verse 18 of the book of Proverbs. It says, But the path of the just is like a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. As you go along the Christian pathway on the narrow road, the light becomes brighter and brighter. And it becomes to a point in your Christian life, if you're committed to the word of God, that you know you're just not going to get off that trail anywhere, anytime. Lord willing, Lord strengthening, you're going to remain on the trail. In verse 11 of the same chapter, that's Proverbs, and chapter 4, verse 11, we read, I have taught thee in the way of wisdom, I have led thee in the right path, in the right path. Verse 14, enter not into the path of the wicked. The path, the trial, 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 trial. <laughs> enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Verse 26 and 27, ponder, ponder the path of your feet and let all thy works be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. What is it saying? Stay on the pathway of life. There are many ways, but there is only one way to heaven. (laughs) Men have produced many ways of trying to get to God, but there is only one way. And Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the door that leads to life eternal. Remain in tune with the Lord and his word. Remain in the truth of the word. Remain on the trail of the narrow road. Remain on top of it. Well, that word, those words I don't think are used in the scripture, but be an overcomer. They are used in the scripture. If you go to first, back to 1 John, <clears throat> remain on top of your Christian life. Don't be undermined and don't be overcome. <clears throat> in 1 John chapter 2. And the familiar verses of verses 15 to 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Now we touch on some of these things in the evening service as well. But remain on top of it. Don't let the world system, as Romans 12, 1 and 2, force you into its mould. Press you into that position. When they're making your car, I don't know if they do it anymore. They used to make them out of tin or metal, but now they make them... They're moulded out of plastic. <laughs> but they used to have the brake press machine. They'd have the mould at the bottom and the die at the top. Is that the right way around, Matthew? Yep. <laughs> and it and <clears throat> it just bonk, it shoot a tin coming, bonk, you know, and your fender's pushed out, bonk, bonk, bonk. And that's like it is with some people who are in the Christian life. They're letting the world go stamp, 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 and stamping its image when God wants his image in our life. Don't let the world system overcome, in, as it says in this, love not the world. Overcome your Christian life. Don't let old self take control either. In verse 16, for he, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of eyes. Hey, the old self wants to take control. Remain on top of it. You know What does Romans 6 say? Put him to... death put him to death the old self put the flesh to death 
when it comes and says, I want to do this, no, I'm going to do that. Paul struggled, Romans 7. The world system, the old self, the seduction to sin is there always. And we have more seduction to sin than I think any generation in the world ever because of the convenience or the ease by which we can access things that are just wrong. <clears throat> and that's one of the negative articles I was reading this week and it needed to be negative and all about Facebook and Twitter and what else? Chat something? Google? It's all there available. Young people, be careful. They're not promoters of truth. They're promoters of their own agendas. They've got a purpose for having all that. If you're going to use it, use it only for purposes that will benefit you spiritually, and I don't think there probably is any. Be very careful of that. And the, and <clears throat> the seduction to sin is all around us. In Romans 12, 21, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, Remain on top of it. Don't let it happen. When, when that is there, a temptation, I'm going to go look at this, I'm going to go view this, remain on top of it and say, no, I've died to that. I'm a Christian. I'm the Lord's and I'm not going to do that. The seduction to, to sin. <clears throat> John chapter 3 verses 8 and 9 reads, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. You, know, you say, oh, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble, I am sinning, but it says you cannot sin. Well, it, does, it says you cannot habitually commit sin without the Lord chastising or bringing upon you conviction not to do that. Remain on top of it. The system of the world is pressing you into its mould. Self wants to do its own thing and the flesh cries out for satisfaction. The seduction to sin is always there present. And also the slithering, slimy serpent to snake. The floods in Queensland, what has it brought out? <laughs> it's brought out all the snakes. And you hear stories of them in the kitchen hanging from the... <laughs> I can imagine, if a, we're not in Queensland, if a snake crawled through one of these vents, you wouldn't be listening to me anymore. <laughs> You'd be out the door. <laughs> I know. Especially if it was a tiger brown or black or copperhead or whatever <laughs> that, that we have. Well, copperheads aren't around here, but they're, they're there. And then you're completely alert. <laughs> Adrenaline has kicked in and you're out of here. Miss, my wife, Mrs. Jacob. <laughs> Don't do that, she said. <laughs> was at Camp Murrindindi. And if you have been at Camp Murrindindi, there's ferns, the, the paddock ferns that were everywhere and they just grow all through the rocks and, and you had tents down amongst the ferns. And she had a group of young people in her tent. She was a leader. And they'd all gone up the trail, a little track through the ferns. And then she came and there was a brown snake right across. <laughs> I don't know if she went over it, under it, but she certainly wasn't a happy counsellor, I'm going to say camper, having, knowing that that thing's out there. You just, you know, it's no different. Satan is here. He's got his 
demons around and he's attempting to deceive us and we need to remain on top of the temptations that he will throw at us. In Australia, 3,000 people are bitten every year by snakes. Only two die. That sounds good to me. (laughs) Statistics, but 550 are put in hospital. But in the Christian circles, how many are bitten by the serpent, the old devil? And spiritual death comes into their life. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 12, 1 John 2, 12, I've written unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I've written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye have what? Overcome the wicked one. The temptation is great when you're young and here it's saying I've written unto you because you've overcome you're on top of it you the, the the wicked one and just over or just back a bit in first peter first peter chapter was it 5 I believe 5 and verse 7 cast all your care upon him for he careth for you be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil like a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour But he's also a slippery serpent, isn't he? Deceptive in his means. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And so remain on top of it. Don't let the old serpent have his way, go in his direction at any time. Be steadfast as a Christian. Remain out of trouble. Over the past year, as you think back through the year, have you remained out of trouble? <laughs> Remain out of trouble with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. First John chapter 2, back to First John chapter 2, verses 8 through to 11, where we read, Again a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true of him and in you, because the darkness is past, the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, this true light, and hateth his brother is in darkness, even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. So remain out of trouble with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You know what it's like in the family. <laughs> Remaining in, out of trouble with brothers and sisters is a good move. So it is in the family of the Lord. <clears throat> First John chapter 1, verse 8 and 10. Remain out of trouble with the Saviour. If we say we have no sin, we read it before, we deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So keep in touch with the Saviour. Keep out of trouble by the sin that you commit. Have we done that over this past year? And remain out of trouble with the state too. So those that need to get back to Victoria, work it out. (laughs) Hopefully they've not got a station set up to stop you yet. (laughs) They didn't yesterday, I was prepared. But in fact, all I could get on the phone, we're so busy we can't give you one. (laughs) So you can say, look, that's what it told me. (laughs) 
Hopefully they're still in tr- <laughs> that way today. Be, remain out of trouble with the state. You know, tax time, when's that? If you're in your own business about yeah, you start doing it, getting earnest about it now. Stay out of trouble with the state. <clears throat> I was reading today, and I don't know where they've got the figures for I looked up Google to Google here. The church had some details about us, what, what we believe. I didn't go into that. I don't know who put it up. And then it says income. U.S. income, it had, $307,000 per year. Someone needs correcting. I don't know where they got that from. Oh, maybe America. Okay, there's a Lavington Baptist Church in America, sister church. Okay, so that's probably, I didn't read any more. I thought it was Australia. But we're not in trouble with the government then. Because if we go over a certain amount, we have to register and do all this other stuff. Remain out of trouble with the Lord, with brothers and sisters. Live in harmony, in Christian love with one another. Remain in touch. I had a good old grandma. There's a joke called grandma. That's that's dad's mum. She's a taller lady. And uh, grandpa died of Parkinson's disease early in his 60s. Grandma lived later into her late 60s. And I remember going up to visit her, lived about a mile away, <clears throat> and she loved people to come along, you know, as probably elderly people do. And she'd come out talking all the way out, and all the kids would be in the car, the old EH children, and, and then you'd be talking, and the window would be down, and you'd be talking, and you'd be slowly moving, and she'd be walking next to you, she'd be talking, and as you go down the road, she'd be getting louder and longer and <laughs> yelling out. It's like, I want to remain in touch. You know, she was on her own. I want to remain in touch. And I remember her very clearly doing that as a young person. Do we remain in touch? Who do we need to remain in touch with? Okay, that's priority number one. Remain in touch with the Lord. And how do you do that? Reading the Word and prayer. Remain in touch, folks. So that the cord is not broken, the line is not gone down. <laughs> Remain in touch. First John, again, chapter 1, <clears throat> and verses 6 and 7 read this. If, I say then we, if we say then we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. We're out of touch and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. My temptation was just to remain in chapter 1 about fellowship, but I've taken a broader look at the subject this morning with one another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Remain in touch through prayer. And that's a blessing of that, the blessing of fellowship, of being in tune, in touch with the Lord. Our second <coughs> chapter and verse 18 and 19. This is when brethren get out of touch with one another. Little children, it is the last time, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists by which we know that's the last time. They went out from us, but were not of us. For if they had been of us, they no doubt would have continued with us. They went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. And so remain in touch. Don't have broken fellowship with fellow believers. Remain in touch. Remain in fellowship. 
with the Lord and with one another and re re remain in being benevolent toward one another. Chapter 3 and verse 17. It reads there and tells us this as Christians. But whosoever hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need, shutteth up his bowels of compassion, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In verse 14 of the same chapter, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Be benevolent toward one another. Be understanding of one another. Remain in touch with one another. Remain thankful. Just briefly, First Thessalonians 5 verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Don't you think the Lord would like to hear you say thank you now and then? I think he would. Do parents appreciate it when children say thank you? They do. Remain thankful. Remember the 12, 10 lepers I think that were healed? How many turned around and gave thanks to the Lord? One. One person. That's a ten, only 10% 10 of people are thankful. Christians, let's be thankful to the Lord for all that he's done for us and all he's going to do for us. We should be overwhelmed with thankfulness for what he has done. Remain tender. This is the second last one. Remain tender toward the Lord. <clears throat> Back in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, and this is not in First John, Colossians 2.12. Buried with him. And as I've gone through at time past and again this week, I found more things that say in Colossians with him. Buried with him in baptism. That means we're connected and tied with him in identifying with him in baptism. Buried with him. In chapter 2 and verse 13 it says, And you being dead in your sins hath he, and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him. Quickened with him. <laughs> New life we have in the Lord. Chapter 3 verse 1, risen with him. Chapter 3 and verse 3, hidden with him. Our life is hidden with him. And chapter 3 and verse 4, appearing with him. <laughs> with him. Remain tender toward the Lord as he speaks with a still small voice like he did to Elijah. What was Elijah expect expecting? A great big noise, a thunderstorm or something. But it was what? in the still, small voice of the Lord that he heard, tenderly staying in touch with Elijah. Because if he'd been, the Lord had been brutal toward Elijah, he might have huh, crawled back into the cave, as it were. Be tender toward one another. And this is the portion that is in First John chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You know, we all have sinful natures. We are all tempted in different ways. And at times we will fail, we will fall. Understand that and be tender toward one another and not 
ah, got him, nailed him. <laughs> and it's pretty hard to live a life when people are looking for an excuse to nail you for something. Because they will find something, won't they? But as Christians, let's be loving toward one another, understanding that we are suffering the same temptations as they. And we ought to have that tenderness toward them. Here in his love, verse 10 of chapter 4, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Wonderful saviour. <laughs> Wonderful saviour. He understands us. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. I mean, you're not overlooking sin, but you're dealing with it in the right way. Remain tender toward the Lord, toward one another, and remain tender toward eternal things. Is it hard to pick up your Bible and read it? Is it hard to come to church? Do you really feel like it or don't you feel like it? Sometimes our heart can grow cold toward eternal things. And they're the things that matter, folks. It says in Colossians 3.23, Whatever you do, do it heartily as toward the Lord and not toward men. Remain tender. And all the things that have happened this year, you consider these different points. Has it made me better or has it made me bitter? I pray that it's made us better and seek after the Lord. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures down here, but up in heaven. Remain tireless in the Lord's work. Lastly, remain tireless in God's work. Folks, keep on keeping on. In God's work next year, Lord willing, he doesn't come. I mean, no, Lord willing, he does come. How can I put this? If he doesn't come, Lord willing, you'll be in the work next year. Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says, And be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good toward all men, especially those that are of the faith, in the household of faith. Remain tireless in God's work. Keep, keep it up. Praise the Lord that you're still here. <laughs> My concern was with this lockdown and that we could get used to home. But we need the fellowship. We need to be in touch with one another. And doesn't it make a difference when we can come together and be in touch with one another and be in fellowship with the Lord? One another? Corporate worship is the way God has established it to work. The local church. That's what he wants. He wants us. And you know, <clears throat> I don't think it's wrong, some pastors do say, maybe afterward we could meditate for a little bit, but as soon as I sit down there after the last verse of the last hymn, people talking and the, and the noise, I don't, you don't notice it because you're one of them talking, <laughs> but the fellowship and you're keeping in touch and you're catching up and maybe you're talking about spiritual matters, I pray that we do. And um, <clears throat> remain tireless in the work of the Lord. Don't quit. Don't quit. First John speaks about losing our reward. That means you had it coming to you, I mean the reward coming to you, but they've lost, lost it and won't receive it. One, one lady asked me a long time ago, before she decided to stop coming to church, 
and stopped doing that and left her husband and went out into the world, asked me, do you lose your reward that you have as a Christian if you go out and don't come back? And I sort of hadn't been asked that question. Why would you ask that? Why would you want to think that? And then I went to that verse there in 1 John and it says we lose our reward. You won't have a reward if you go out as a Demas, forsaking the servant and the servant service of the Lord. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labour is not in vain. In the Lord. It's not in vain. You, the Lord will bless those that stay on the trail, stay in touch, stay in tune, and all the other things we've looked at this morning. The Lord will bless. It says it in His Word. Do you believe it? Yes, I pray you do. Be steadfast. Keep on the trail. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the Word. We pray, Lord, that each one of us as Christians would stay close to you, stay close to one another, stay in touch, and, and not let walls be built between us, but may we have fellowship one with another and be in tune with the Lord. Minister to us in the coming year, should you give us another year, that we might be those that encourage one another and we build each other up in our most holy faith, and we serve the Lord with all diligence, knowing, Lord, that we can be tempted and sin too, we can fail and fall, and that we would love a brother or sister to come alongside us and encourage us to get back in the Word. Lord, may we be encouraged to do just that this year. And Lord, open the opportunities of ministry and service for each of us, wherever we are, wherever we work, that we might share the truth of God with those that are lost and those that are shaking their heads and wondering what's happening in this world. Lord, we have the answer. May we use that to encourage them towards you. And if there is an unbeliever here today, may they turn to you in whom is hope of eternal life by faith in the work of Jesus Christ that he can cleanse them from their sin today. May they trust and believe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>389 and we'll stand as we sing <clears throat>
close with prayer and ask Brother Langlands if you could close in prayer for us please